Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Back from Los Angeles. How'd you feel about the trip? I felt really good. We got a lot done. We did. Had some not great weather. We'll deal. Yeah. It's better than New York weather. Had some good food. We did. Had some great meetings. We did. And uh, we were on Be Real's podcast, Be Real from Cypress Hill. That was really dope. Shout out to, to Be Real and the whole Dr. Green Thumb family. Usually he takes his guests into the smoke box, which yes. is a, he has a car and you smoke, <laughs> and uh, sometimes you get interviewed, and that that's the whole bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't smoke, right? and so we were relegated to a couch. Which was fine. He we called a, it the joke box. We had, we, had, we had a great time, and at the end... At the end, I asked if we could wrap Snoop Dogg's uh, Vado, which he's on the hook for. <laughs> right. And he, uh, he was game for it, so which that was, was cool. Which was amazing. Yeah. Unbelievable. And one of the greatest things was that we had a meetup with a bunch of fans at... Los Angeles's Union Station. Yeah. So people came from all over to hang out with us, to kick it, to tell stories and joke around and get some inspiration. And our guy, Lenz Anderson, was there to capture everything on his camera, which was super dope. And one of the dudes who's from San Diego, his name is El Stampo. He is a big time fan of our Instagram Live Mm -hmm. and a loyal listener to the podcast, brought a notebook with him. And... He said that he uses that to jot down all of his dreams that he wants to turn into realities. And he asked us to leave an inscription there, which was really, really, really awesome. And we were honored to do so. And it reminded us of when we had Bobby Trends on the podcast. And Bobby Trends, first of all, one of my favorite episodes. I always say he's my favorite episode. People should go check it out. Yeah, but I mean, a few episodes have happened since then. So it's not my favorite, favorite episode, but it is one of my favorite episodes. And Bobby comes in and he has a notebook and he was talking about how... When Lil Wayne was in jail, how it meant so much to write down your hopes and dreams and to, you know, keep a record of everything that was going on. Yeah. And Bobby was doing that himself. This was like the the first or second episode after New Year's. So he was starting the year brand new and writing down everything he wanted to get accomplished, just like El Stampo did. And it works well with what we have going on now, which is that we authored... A notebook. Yes. And that notebook is called Rhyme Book. It is a lined notebook which has a ton of content that we did, lists and graphs and jokes and, and some of the best quotes from our podcast. So many good quotes. And also, I uh, had to list all of 21 Savage's ad libs. I had to catalog them. <laughs> you say had to. This was your choice. Yeah, you listened was- to 21 Savage's album. I listened to his first 21 songs, and I cataloged how many ad-libs he did, and it was like in the thousands. And it created an amazing graph. And so there's a lot of really cool stuff in this notebook, which is, again, a lined notebook so people could jot down their rhymes, their hooks, their verses, their thoughts, their ideas, and their dreams. It's available for pre-order right now on Amazon.com. We are super proud of it. Shout out to Shay Serrano, who suggested us to be the authors for this project in the first place. Shout out to Samantha Wiener, who was our editor on this project. Shout out to Abrams. We were involved in every aspect of this book, including the design, the writing, and the ideas. Shout out to everybody who's going to go to Amazon.com right now and pick one up for themselves, for friends, for family. And you know what? Get one for Shay Serrano, too, because he deserves it. He is turning a lot of his dreams into reality. Rhyme book available on Amazon.com right now. Also, I want to send a special shout out to our guy, John Sparks, out there in New Jersey, who masters all of our music, who is regularly mixing and mastering and doing the artwork for Carly Hustle's great podcast, Brutally Honest. And for this episode, we hit our guy, John, at the 23rd hour 
to help us make sure that this audio sounded right and it sounds beautiful. Shout out to John Sparks. If you guys want your shit to sound right, hit up John Sparks on any piece of social media. Jeff, on the podcast today. On the podcast today, we have Nabil Elderkin. Man, this one was a great episode. We went out to Los Angeles and sat down with Nabil, who is on the cusp of directing his first feature film. So shout out to Nabil for giving us time in the first place. Yeah, I mean, he really squeezed us in in between uh, a lot of work and then some more work afterwards. We, we so. walked in and they had five guys around a table and they were going through the script and we were lucky to break out the microphones and get an hour with him. And then he had a conference call for two hours right afterwards. Yeah, we were like, should we continue after the conference call? He was like, no. <laughs> Nabil has an amazing story. I'm sure everybody's heard about buying the domain name KanyeWest.com and trading that into a career as Kanye's photographer, but there's so much more in there that we get into, including shooting music videos for Kendrick Lamar, including doing a Super Bowl commercial this past Super Bowl, including going down to South Africa and meeting Nelson Mandela. And of course he has all of the good behind the scenes stories that you want, all of the uh, good music label, also, I mean, like they're good and they're the good music label. There you go. Yeah. So Nabil is on the podcast today. Jeff, when do you want to get into it? Right now. Yo, what up, Derek, aka Cali Weed, aka Hollywood Bowl. Yo, what up, it's Jeff, aka Back That Thing Up on Me, aka Dead Dog. Hey, it's Nabil. <laughs> yeah, this is a waste of time, but it's the real. <laughs> Nabil, what's happening? Oh man, you know, <laughs> just bombarded with raps. <laughs> Let's start this off with the fact that. Uh, Basically, a national holiday is Super Bowl Sunday. You had your material seen by most of the world. How did that come about? Was it, and for, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a commercial that you did with Missy and Busta and Peter Dinklage and... Uh, the Voice of God. Oh, uh, the Voice of Mor- God. Morgan yes. Freeman, yeah. So how did that come to be, and did it have anything to do with the fact that you had already had a rapper played by an actor um, in the Kendrick video with Don Cheadle? I think they went hand in hand. I think that sparked the idea for the creative. I don't know which came first, but I definitely know that was a uh, a great finger pointing in my direction to get the job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was the reaction that night? I was here, and there wasn't that many people here. <laughs> I felt good. I felt great to see it up there, but uh, I had seen it, you know, many, many times. So sure. A little anticlimactic for me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was psyched. It was like great to work with such amazing talent and great actors and see a part of my past and come into a commercial and be something I'm proud of. You know, commercials are a whole different thing. So yeah. it's like, to, and to have to be given from, you know, the, the agency, it could be up in San Fran. Shout out to them <laughs> to uh, have, they wrote the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I read the idea and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> you guys are going to get, this is going to happen? Yeah. And it did. <laughs> and it happened, you know, we finagled and twisted things, but we got to a place where everyone was happy. I know Busso and Missy was super happy. I got phone calls, emails. and Amazing. Yeah. I mean, well, how, what is it like to coach somebody who professionally does not rap to actually have them rap? Funny you ask, because uh, Dinklage, Mr. Peter. Yeah was in some sort of a rap group back in the day. What? By the way, he's the most natural one. He was He's in- also a third the age, or at least half the age of the <laughs> yeah, other yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had you seen or heard his, his rap nah, career before? No, I haven't. It was like a low-key thing that he told me. I don't know if I just blasted <laughs> him. But uh, th- they came in, they gave it their, you know, 
they went in and th- that fire was real whoa yeah like and you know he he's on game of thrones yeah and, but they have stunt people there was no st- he, he was like okay <laughs> and he has to because he showed up on set the day of mm-hmm. and you know we did a run together we were walking through it and even i swear even i there's a video i posted on my instagram of me like just fucking around and yeah. it's like you'll see my face like oh, this shit is hot that's <laughs> fire blowing right behind you so you hit these marks and like we're all good but yeah god forbid you hit the wrong mark or they hit the wrong button your charcoal yeah like really yeah you're i mean you, technically you you'd hot. be pepsi yeah <laughs> yo oh pepsi mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. same Jackson. company yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that was definitely like a well uh, that was a <laughs> that was a feeling on set to <laughs> well i mean you had god there so i mean like you're yeah, all there. good it was all good <laughs> did you did you blast music like it was a music video set yeah hell yeah we did who took like the longer between the two you know they came in they killed it they we there was no same amount of time mm-hmm. you know i'm respectful of their time too sure and you know when i when you know you have something you have something yeah and i'm not that my goal is not to be the type that like let's do it again let's do it again <laughs> and then you have to balance you know you have a client and agency and everyone has opinions and oh my god I, but i think every, it was a really i was really baffled not that it doesn't happen this way but it was really cool the client and the agency everyone was really just you know i think we created an environment of you know working together and yeah. Um, and how is Don Cheadle to work with? Man, what a boss. Yeah. It's just like effortless. Comes in. You know, he yeah, he came up with a couple of those things, like what he said to Kendrick. That wasn't written. He just kind of ad-libbed. And Man. Like, you know, he says it, and you're sitting there behind the camera not <laughs> trying try not to laugh or try <laughs> not to be like, oh, my God, that was, you know. What, yeah. the, the DNA? Like the actual dead, yes. yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, like he says a few things in there, so I mean, it could have been anything. But what about the choreography between the two of them? How has that worked out? As it comes, you know, you set up a bench like a blueprint, and we freestyled a lot of it. Like as far as like the back and forth became, you know, we saw how it was like you could see the spark in the night. So it was like, okay, cool. So let's get this angle, and instead, like it was supposed to be Don Cheadle the whole time doing it. Kendrick wasn't gonna say anything, but then when you saw the back and forth, then it was like, God, oh, you see the urge. And it's like, just go with it. And Amazing. Then, yeah, it worked out. Man, let's take it back to the very, very beginning. You're born in Chicago. Chicago. But you only lived. Shout out to Dave Free, who co-directed. Shout out to Dave Free, big yeah. time. So you only lived in Chicago for a couple years, and then you moved down to Australia. I did. And you grew up in Australia. I did for till I was. I, I had a couple little stints in between in America. And, okay. But till I finished high school. So what was what was growing up in Australia like and what part of Australia? Um a little town in between Sydney and Brisbane called Port Macquarie, which is like a little surf town in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. The world famous. <laughs> the world famous Port Macquarie. Um and what is it known for? Anything? Beautiful beaches. All right. Oh, okay. What your photographers folks do? that failed and <laughs> made it? I failed it. I failed it. They yeah. Failed. Yeah. What your what your parents do for a living? My dad's a locksmith. Really? Yeah, he's still picking locks. Wow. My mom still done a bunch of things. She cared for people who had pretty hectic diseases. Mm-hmm. She uh, was a nurse receptionist. She was. She did nursing. Okay. She did a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Did you have any siblings? I have a sister. Older, younger. One year older, and two cute little nieces that I'm obsessed with. They're like. I, they're becoming more my one is definitely my mini me and the other one I'm grooming okay. <laughs> to be my other mini me 
<laughs> Growing up down there, uh, what did you like to do as a child? Not much. No sports? Yeah, no? surfed. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. surfed and I was a beach, you know, I did nippers, they call it, which is like like life-saving competition. Like as a kid, like you're running on the beach, you're having comp- like races, you're swimming out to like, they're grooming you. It's kind of like- if Baywatch. You life, it's, yeah. like, it's like a junior Baywatch. <laughs> Junior Baywatch without the Pamela Anderson. Oh, mm-hmm. well. <laughs> and I don't think we could, uh, we were surfing as good as Kelly Slater. <laughs> and I didn't really have that Hasselhoff physique, but. Yeah. Did I, you have to drag like dummies or like real humans back to the beach as part of that? that not part of the competition, but like in the, like being a junior lifeguard type thing. I think that's what they call it here. It's like junior lifeguard. And you became a junior mm-hmm. lifeguard. Think so. All right. <laughs> so, are you just like making this up on the fly? <laughs> no, 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 this is real. I guarantee you, if I, yeah, I could probably try to nestle my dad to find some photos of me and my little, you know, yeah, speedo, little speedo. Well, yeah. What time? What time is it mm-hmm. back home? Like, I, you know, it's about, <laughs> so, <papa. yeah. laughs> so by the time you got into high school, did you have any idea what you wanted to do in life? Not so much. Yeah. I started dabbling photography towards the end of the high school. And that came about how? Seeing surf photography. I started doing that. I was never as good as the other people, either surfing or bodyboarding. And so they somehow, to be cool, I was nominated to be the one on the beach filming them. Yeah. <laughs> I was out there in the water as much as I could, but. With, with, a, with a regular camera, not an underwater camera? Underwater camera. Oh, it was, okay. Yeah, it would not be a. <laughs> it would not be a camera anymore if it wasn't. <laughs> but yeah. And then on the beach too, I was sometimes like, if it was, you know, two different angles, sometimes you're in the water, sometimes you're on the beach getting. And would you develop the, the film yourself? No. Okay. <laughs> I did when I started getting into portraiture, when I started working with like black and white um, and just developing and doing yeah. all that. But back then it was slide film, which is. A hard process you can't really, you can probably but i would definitely have fucked it up as a 16 17 year old oh yeah there's no chance <laughs> and then in the town i was lived in i don't even think you they had like you could go do your own well wow. um maybe in the school but i didn't really like until the last year of school i didn't really take photography and then i did and then i failed were you encouraged to take photography no i just kind of did it hmm. there was you know a class and I I didn't know I was gonna get into photography to be honest yeah mm. I just did it it just kind of <laughs> came about I think everything I've done just kind of see how it goes see what happens but so when you do take the photography class why did your teacher fail you like how bad were you uh I don't know if I was that bad <laughs> <laughs> did he just not like you <laughs> she did not oh she definitely didn't and I was <laughs> I gotta find those somehow <laughs> You know, I was doing experimentation with like sequences where you take like da 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 and then put them onto one frame so you'd see do do a kickflip and you'd see the whole thing. You know, I used to love my friends were skaters and we loved Wu Tang and so I'd be like trying to impress them, taking like cool skate sequences shots and then the surf shots I would try it too. I think one of my <laughs> I think at one point I shot a picture of my dog like jumping and bucking like it, it looked like you remember like never ending story what was it yeah falcor yeah mm-hmm. yeah it looked like falcor and so i was like yeah so i photoshopped myself like riding <laughs> like falcor like woo. it's kind of cool it's kind of cool but your teacher didn't like it <laughs> teacher didn't like but the whole thing was like it was experiment the whole 
project. That one was experimentation. So it wasn't, you know, I think she probably wanted me to shoot a picture of an apple with like, <laughs> like Ansel Adams or something. Right. Mm-hmm. That wasn't my vibe. <laughs> so. so, but it, you weren't discouraged by her not taking to what you were. I was a little bummed that my dad was bummed at me that I f- literally failed my HSC. I think I failed the whole thing because of that one ultimate failure. Oh my God. Maybe it was a combination of some other ones not doing too well. Yeah. And HSC is? Like the GED. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think in general, I didn't really care about school. I couldn't have cared. I think I just realized that uh, I'm not going to be a doctor. Right. Like there's certain things I think school, school's good kids, <laughs> but. You talking to your nieces? Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, you know, it just wasn't, I just, yeah. I don't know. I still believe that, you know, when people send me emails or DM me like, yo, I want, you know, I'm like, just go do it. Yeah, like, honestly. Save that money and go, like, put that money towards travel. Traveling, I think, is the greatest school there is. Well, did you know that as a high school senior? Were you, yeah, were like, you traveling? Well, yeah, just from surfing. So, mm. I, you know, I'd go all around Australia with the surfers and film them and surf. And then started going other places like Hawaii or Indonesia. Yeah. Yeah, just immersing myself in other cultures. And I was like, all right, cool. This is life. But did you think that there was more than, you know, just that one country of yours? Well, yeah. I mean, once I failed the school, my dad sent me back to live with my mom in Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. "Yeah, This isn't working out. (laughs) How was that uh, for your whole... It was just a piece of the puzzle that I rolled with. And it was, I mean... I'm here. No, it, it worked out. <laughs> it, it worked out. But was it culture shock? Mm, I had been a few times, and I, you know, I was born there, and I had visited a few times. So it wasn't cult. It was a little bit culture shock. The high school system, because I went back and I went. I think for at some point, I went to high school in America for a little while, and mm. to see the way that they treat people, and the it doesn't really exist like that in Australia. Like, I think it's more like friend like there's all different types of sports and sometimes the football players would hang out but everyone it's like clicky there's no it's not clicky in australia but like in america you saw how economical or sport clicky or cool click i don't know what it was and you know i i was doing fine yeah Mm. but it was like it was kind of like oh god this is i get bullying i get um I get why people go and join fraternities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But did, you were good on your own. You were you were good and you had your camera and you went to music venues and start yeah, started shooting like bands and DJs. Well, even before that. So you were talking about how Wu-Tang sort of shaped your childhood in in Australia. How was how was music getting on your radar? Um well, before that, I remember I think one of the first albums that I really like was obsessed with when it first came out was I think '94 Doggy Style. Mm-hmm. Oh like, God, like, yeah. like wow! I was like, whoa! Yeah, that just changed my whole thing. I Same. became a hip hop head. I think hip hop head. I don't even know. I was a definitely a Snoop fan and yeah. then Tupac and then Random Ice Cube. I love. I was a little more West Coast. That yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, I liked that production that Dre had and that those kind of synths and. It was just something there. I don't know what it was. It just, woo, <laughs> easy E. Yeah. Um, and then I really got into Big E, too. Mm-hmm. I think I was a little late to the Big E game. But it's all right. It's yeah, allowed. we're not judging you. It's <laughs> yeah. a safe space. It's your yeah, house. It is your home, yeah. 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 
East Coast out here and on the <laughs> West Coast in my crib. <laughs> so, so when you get to Chicago and you're listening to a lot of West Coast stuff and some East Coast stuff, what did the Chicago scene mean to you when you in terms that? of music? So like, there really was. I mean, like, I I was into rock at that time. I mean, I still listen to hip hop, but I was listening to all kinds of hip hop. I think at that time it was like Ludacris had come out and cash money millionaires just random like whatever and then i heard kanye west right so how does his mixtape come across your your life i swear i don't remember i just remember hearing i think it was either lrg or academics mixtape and just being like what the who (laughs) and just hearing that soulful kind of production and someone rapping so differently but so musically and so much heart and just saying the quirkiest things that wasn't kind of of that time. It was a little more like Big Bimpin at the time, which is great. I mean, but then you'd hear Jesus Walks or whatever. And like, I was just like, I don't even, like I'm not even into organized religion, but I was like, wow, (laughs) (laughs) this is, um, this guy's special. Yeah. So I tried to look him up more and more, try to find out more about him. And there wasn't much out there except for He's a producer and went to KanyeWest.com, obviously, mm-hmm. and said, oh, you can buy it for 14, 15 bucks. I was like, eh, <laughs> I'm here. Why not? Someone else will. And I did, and I kept trying to get in touch and didn't know how. And then out of nowhere, John Bartleson, I remember, <laughs> Rockefeller Records. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Uh, John.com. Yeah. Is that him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How? No way. John.com. Yeah. yeah hit up the nabil.com <laughs> to get to get kanye west.com <laughs> yeah you know i th- i think he thought i know he thought i was like a dude just squatting a name and like trying to sell it i was like no man i'm just trying to get he's like yeah i was like yeah i want to shoot photos of him he's like yeah <laughs> okay cool click <laughs> and then like i don't remember how much long later i remember him saying yeah you're gonna get a call and then don c called me with his amazing accent, mm-hmm. Nabil. <laughs> I remember was that was terrible, but basically, he's like, yeah. So I heard you want to take photos, and you do. I was like, yeah. He's like, all right. Where do you want to? So I got this studio on the west side. I had the studio at Sacramento and Lake that I was like paying a few hundred dollars a month just to be able to shoot there, and everyone there was mad cool, and it was at the time it was like you know sketchy. <laughs> And I remember bringing them up there, like, okay, your studio's here. It's like this abandoned warehouse. And then I took them in, and they're like, oh, oh, cool. And we just started chopping it up and started taking some photos. I got to get you some of those. I got the proof sheet, contact sheets. Yeah. They're yeah. pretty wild looking at them now. Like, well, what was your actual, like, first of all, had you ever squatted on another person's? Nah. You'd never bought a website before? My own. Right. I think at that time it was nabilphotography.com. Mm. Way too long, but yeah, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to, I had to earn some money to get that nabil.com. <laughs> and then, so what were your expectations, though? It could have been that you, you never would have been able to take his photo. They would have just been like, yeah, like we'll pay you, but no, like we're good. Or they could have been like, you know, um, did you think one way or another they were going to find you through you owning that website? Not really. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't remember my thought process. Was like, it's there. It would be great if it did happen. Sure. And they did. And they did. And yeah. it was probably like a week later. It was The timing was like just crazy. It was like one week earlier and they would have had it and I would have never had that. 
That's really crazy. Yeah, you would have had to buy like chiefkeef.com and it would have been like a decade and a half later. I don't think I would have bought that. So, <laughs> so, so your relationship with um, with Kanye and Don C and John Monopoly and everyone else who was around at that time, did they take to you immediately? Did they have to see the contact sheet? Did they have to know that you I think were it was talented? a good vibe. And at the same time, I was like, by the way, while we're here, I think my friend can help you with your website. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so I was like, yeah, my friend. And then I think my friend built the first couple websites. Wow. For yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, you know, I showed them the proof sheets. They're like, oh, wow. You know, cool. Let's use these. And I remember I f- after that, I was just, I went out to New York. He was just about to do a fader shoot with. I remember Jonathan Mannion, yeah. who was the only guy I'd ever assisted. And I had only assisted him because he was shooting my friend, this DJ named Bad Boy Bill, Whoa. who was an old Chicago house DJ who obviously had good taste and money yeah. <laughs> and hired Mannion. And I remember going, like, Jonathan Mannion, I love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came out and I made sure I was like, I was like, Bill, yo, can you, can <laughs> I be like one of his, so I was like his third fourth assistant for just one day amazing or maybe two days and i went and showed him some locations and he loved the locations and i was so psyched so i just watched and saw like his simplicity and his use of really cool cameras like 665 positive negative film he was shooting 67 he was shooting just everything was clean and simple and, and they were like, all underwater cameras yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay you but at the time everyone else was doing this kind of like digitally like fake look mm-hmm. there was other photographers and I remember his stuff was just so raw and real and iconic and I was like yo <laughs> so I just took as much information I could from that shoot in my head and kind of implied it so implied I kind of applied it applied yeah school is good yeah <laughs> applied this I mean I did my own thing but I I did my own thing bro <laughs> but I remember just like using like you can just keep it simple because at that time I was trying to use like three different lights or whatever. I was like, nah, you know what? Just use what you got. And so over the next year, two years, where would you go with Kanye? Everywhere, like L.A. I remember one, you know, a trip for the. He he was at on his wow, <laughs> funny story. I remember uh, he was going to shoot the slow jams video. Mm-hmm. And it was for Twister's album. It was on like you could I don't know, both albums. Both albums, right? yeah, yeah. But at that time, he's like, Yeah, man, get out of here. And he's like, You can roll with Twister. <laughs> <laughs> so it was so I went and met Twister. Before that we shot an earlier version of Slow Jams and I shot all these cool sequences. I th- it was uh Cootie and Chike did yeah, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I there's a bunch of photo sequences in that video and I was the one shooting all the focus on the south side. And um yeah, all, I look back at these probably like a couple of years ago. And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> just like him, Ivan. Ivan had long hair at the time. Mm-hmm. He was the barber. Yeah. One of the some of the first shots I did after that, I remember, it was like we went to Ivan's uh, uh, hair spot <laughs> on the south side too, and shot him getting his hair cut, and then shot him going to shows and going to the mall, driving around, and then yeah, we we did that shoot, and then. Another one was, yeah, then I got on the bus and drove for two days with Twister mm. out here. <laughs> it was an interesting ride. It was cool. <laughs> um, between you and Kanye in that period, how much was it your vision? How much was his? Was it collaborative? It wasn't really like, I mean. the Or por- was it even a vision? No, I mean, the f- portrait shoot was a vision-esque. It was more like just 
cool, simple portraits in a studio and just working with his vibe and like, what do you think about this, this? And we just shot and you know, the, the Louis Vuitton shot, we got all these cool, most people have never seen any of these. There's some like there's, uh, the Louis Vuitton ones, kind of the only ones that really went out there. I mean, do you want to give them to us? <laughs> I'll show you some photos. <laughs> I'll show you the contact sheets. Yeah, actually. yeah. They're kind of funny. And then uh, you come out here for Kanye's first Grammys, and that is when we met, because Don C hired me to be his videographer for that whole run. Oh, and wow. you and I sat in a... Studio in Burbank? No, we sat in one of the SUVs. The first time I met you was we were sitting in one of the SUVs on the way to the House of Blues show. Oh, yeah. And that night you told me, you're like, here's how I got on, KanyeWest.com and that whole story. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. Wait, was Nabil like being like, hey, idiot, this is what you should have done? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, 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 no. Because my thing was like... <laughs> Our other brother and I went down to go see Kanye in concert like a year before or something like that when he was touring with Lil Brother and John Stevens on the keys. And of course. Don C was DJ Offbeat, right? And we saw them in... Um, Asbury Park. Asbury Beautiful Park, Asbury Park. The um, What town are you from in, in Australia? Port Macquarie. It's, it's the Port Macquarie of New Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, no disrespect, but somehow... The beautiful coastline Port Macquarie of Australia sounds a little more enticing than the Asbury <laughs> Park of New Jersey. But hey, prove me wrong. <laughs> oh, we're not from there. So. Yeah. Oh. No, 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 no. We're Bruce Springsteeners. We're so. from Northern New York City. So, yeah. uh, but uh, our other brother Dan and I went down there and we saw Kanye in concert. And we went down there with the with the purpose of meeting Don and John Monopoly and, and getting to know them and being like, yo, I want to help you out. I want to be part of Hustle Film out of Chicago and let me like just do whatever. And they were like, let's do it. That's so crazy the, that I know you from then. Yeah, from then. And by the way, it, strangely enough, like, because we started in New York for the good music release and, and all that stuff. And I met John Legend for the first time then. And uh, 10 or 12 years later, we would end up writing and starring in and selling a TV show to MTV with John Legend as our co-executive producer, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. But we met on the way to House of Blues and we ran around, you know, fittings and uh, shopping. And uh, I wonder if I got kicked out of that show. Y uh, you did get kicked out of that show. I did. You right? did? Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why did you get you kicked did. out? Just because I of... think I didn't have the right credentials. Correct. Yeah. And they literally kicked me out and everyone kind of was like, <laughs> I, was, I was really upset. Like, it's crazy because uh, we went to the Clive Davis party and Common and I, like everybody got in except for Common and myself and we're like stopped at the door until like Barry or somebody had to go and like get us. But that whole week was just like... I think Barry really disliked me. I think that's part of the reason why really? I, was, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was like always like, you got kicked out? All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun out there. Yeah. Have a good life. Barry, um, and for people who don't know, Barry was Kanye's uh, security guard for a long time. Went to Syracuse University where I went. So we had that connection and we would like stand outside in Kanye's like, like, Street uh, up in the hills or whatever, and talk football together. Yeah, I didn't have that connection. <laughs> <laughs> but at that time, I was so blown away by your story, and had obviously like had no idea where your path would take you from there. But um, yeah, now we're less impressed. <laughs> but it was a seminal moment. It was like really like it showed me just how smart and different people could play things to get to where they want to go. So after college dropout and that whole run, and then late registration. Where did your your Kanye experience take you? And were other artists 
ringing your doorbell or other magazines or yeah you know what there was no specific path yeah. it was like meeting somebody like i met i did my first video with the black ips and that happened through kanye having me shoot consequences cover for remember where he recreated um midnight marat oh was it, what's the one with oh. all the different faces on it uh, so i shot all these different people for it one of them was will i am and we just started chopping it up and I remember I was shooting these like, kind of like motion graphics-y, photo-y things and I had done it with uh, John Legend back in the day when he was recording Ordinary People. Wow. And I, I, re I told him, I was like, I met you before this thing and I was a big Black Eyed Peas fan like way back in the day, like we be falling up yeah. <laughs> way back. Um, and he's like, no way. We started chopping up. He's like, yo, you're doing videos? And I was like, yeah, I've been trying this thing. He's like, yeah, cool, show me. And I showed him this little thing. He's like, yeah, you want to try a video? I was like, yeah. And he gave me, he, he, uh, he's like, yeah, I have this song on the new album. It's called Like That. And I had Q-tip and everyone. I was like, yeah, I live <laughs> and everyone. And I was like, yes, please. So I called my boys they were called Syndrome at the time. They did like motion graphics and they were, they wanted to get into videos. I was like, yo, you guys want to do this video of me? I have this thing and we did that and that was my first video and then. How'd it go as a first time video director? It went, it was like super low key, like lower budget for them. And uh, it did well and Kanye really liked it and Kanye's like, you want to try a video? And first we did the throw some d's remix like soup we shut that out like where i was living was that the the one where he had the louis uh no i don't know he was like an uh, old he was had like a mustache it was yeah. like i don't know it was like a five thousand dollar yeah 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 and and uh yeah he had like a mustache and there was a it was <laughs> i haven't even looked at that in like 10 years at least and then we ended up doing you know welcome to heartbreak mm -hmm. paranoid yep mercy onward yeah yeah you did a couple videos with him you still know kanye <laughs> That guy. Yeah. So, um, as as a music video director, like, who were you taking cues from, or was there any real thought like that you? You know what? There was. I know that at that time, music video directors that I really admired their work was like, I really loved Chris Milk, and mm -hmm. I loved what he did with Jesus Walks and what he did with Kanye, and he really brought this kind of like soulful elegance to the visuals that him and Kanye collaborated on, and then. Um, I mean, obviously, I liked Chris Cunningham. I loved mm -hmm. his work. Was just so like, what the hell? It was like so cinematic and kind of dark, and those Aphex Twins videos and Bjorn. David Fincher. Not really. I mean, I'm, I love his work mm -hmm. right, as a movie director, but I didn't really know his stuff as a music video director. I think. And so, did. was it basically like word of mouth and people that you would like? run into that would get you work or did you have somebody who would represent you at the time i didn't really at that time i was still but they count they came pretty quick after that but i kind of was trying to learn and do things a lot as much as i could by myself and i put you know i had some young producers with me and hmm. we knew how to execute so yeah and then word of mouth and i've done some bad videos and well what was the first video that that you were like wow, that really impressed even yourself. I think Welcome to Heartbreak was like, wow, okay. Why is that? I don't know. I think it was also the song, but it was also just, you know, him and Cuddy and just, it was, um, I think it was artistic. I felt that it was 
pushing the envelope in a different way. I think it was different than anything else at the time. Well, what's crazy about that video is that you see how influential it is even 10 years down the line. Has it really been 10 years? I think it's 10 years, yeah, right? At least 10 years. Yeah. yeah. More than 10 years. What, it came out in what, 2005? What year is it now? It's, yeah. yeah. It's 13 years. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> um, it just feels like every day is a year whenever Donald Trump oh is in, uh, in, the, in charge. But yeah, I mean, like, you'll see, like, all the ASAP guys are now doing stuff that looks like that video. Okay. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So Can you talk about the process of actually making it? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was like we shot most of it in New York, like, last minute. And I think Kanye was so tired. So there's scenes where he's like sitting down, he's got his head down. That's really because he was so tired. Oh man! And then I, I would just like stand up and do this because you, you're telling people. It's really it was like, it was about their actions and movements. So they're like in a room, not knowing what the heck's happening. I'm like, just throw something at the camera, pretend like Cuddy throw something. And then, so I knew that I and then I would because I'd shoot them. Then I had a whole day of just shooting elements, like a rock coming through glass at the camera. Um, all different little things that were like part of the, the swipes and the motions that wipe the screen, because the, the way it does is it works back backwards, the data marshaling. You would like choose a keyframe. You'd have to like, it was like mathematics. It was literally like mathematics. So it was crazy the way mentally it was just a challenging experience but you know i had time i was lucky that i didn't have like a deadline so it was like and then it was like ah. <laughs> and thank god he liked it well if he had if he if like any like if he had issues with it it would have been such a crazy process because it's analog thing. oh my god <laughs> how far in advance did he give you the music to sort of consider what you wanted to shoot i don't really remember but i know somewhere on hard drives, I have like crazy demos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got a lot of demos. He was very trusting with <laughs> his music. To this day, I've never leaked a song and I've gotten so many, it's so crazy. That's like, dope. Yeah, I, that was my thing is it would never leave my, at that time it wasn't even a phone. It was like a CD burned watermarked with my name on it. So you'd hear these, it was like kind of surreal to me. I'd have these crazy classic like demos and it'd say, Fornabil only. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I think I even bumped it a few times extra for people. Yeah. Like, That's right. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah. So after that video. Oh, yeah. That's from the bill only. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where did where did your career go? Like what were, were you were you brought videos that you might not have wanted to shoot? that yeah. you got to turn down isn't no a powerful thing oh no was the biggest thing <laughs> yeah but i w i didn't do it for money i didn't make them i didn't really ever make money on videos it was more of just an artistic expression i was yeah. doing making my money from photography thankfully mm -hmm. i had that so i didn't have the pressure of needing to do it for money so who were some of the artists that you were shooting uh photographs for you were i did so many universal or something right yeah i did a lot with um i did a couple wayne albums John Legend albums, Common I shot a lot. Just random, like some band that, oh. That was Alien band. Ant Farm. Yeah. On the same thing. Oh. <laughs> on that same, like, on that same tip. It was like, it wasn't POD. It was, like, <laughs> it was something in that level. I, was like, I don't remember, but they were like doing well at the time. So POD I, is such a place in time, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm talking like a little before that time or around that time. Like, I was like, man, I really want to shoot Linkin Park. <laughs> such like. 
Rest in peace, Chester. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just random. Did did your creative process change as everything sort of went more almost completely digital? Yeah, I was pretty early to the digital. I switched over very early on or experimented with it so that I could and it was good because I think I I came from film. Sometimes I'll still shoot film, but rarely. It's not really like a nostalgic thing like it is with these kids nowadays. Was right. Shot on film. Yeah. Hashtag film. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to me. But, I, you know, it's cool. <laughs> it's like hashtag much easier. <laughs> <laughs> I see my photo right now. <laughs> um, what did digital allow you to do? Like just shoot more? Not feel bad that your just, hard drives were filling up? Just have... Um, your dancey with the my G's. <laughs> um, throwback dancey. Wow. Yeah, the boss. By the way, that guy's a boss. Don is. We is, we want him on the podcast so badly, but he's and he won't do it. do it. Yeah. No. No. Don just wants to hang out. He doesn't want to. Fair enough. Go yeah. do his life. But it, but honestly, like in terms of like I don't know about you, but in terms of like my life and people I've dealt with for the last. 15 or as many years as it was like he's one of the greatest most stand-up and just consistent would be the word he's consistent consistent he's yeah just like that's don c he's a wonderful guy shout yeah. out to don c, yeah, shout out to don c. <laughs> give us shoes <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i i don't have come on Virgil, yeah. come on don yeah. <laughs> like, yeah all they do is just give you music <laughs> I, I see all the time on my instagram feed like Every second Instagram feed now is like something virtual. It is. It Bro, is. Yeah. you told me to come to the Mercer. <laughs> I went to the Mercer. <laughs> Shoes weren't there, bro. So what did, what did digital uh, do for your, your uh, process? Just, it's just another, All right. <laughs> just another thing. It's like yeah. Photo is the photo if you know how to shoot the photo. Like totally. I didn't, I was never pointing and shooting. Mm-hmm. So did you go down to... Hawaii for the recording sessions down there. Yeah, yeah. Did you play basketball? Yeah, of course. Oh, how how yeah, are you? I did a complex. I think there was a po- complex spread of the Mike Dark. Mike Dark. Oh, Fantasy right on. Yeah, shot, yeah, yeah, yeah. I shot that with Nikki and all them. And yep. Oh, Noah wrote the story. Yeah. yeah. Did he? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Noah Callahan. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not Noah Goldstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How good are you at basketball? Like, who's you who's, know what's crazy? Real talk. I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I had, like, and I came in the beginning with those guys killing it. Like, yeah. I could steal. <laughs> I could really steal the ball. You're just mm. being honest. But then, yeah. but then something happened. I don't know what happened, but confidence went like, <laughs> one game at one time, and then it was just all down. And then I became kind of like, oh, all right, he's on your team. I like picked last? Yeah, pretty much. Damn. Who was aside from you? Who was the best basketball player of those of that time? I remember when Common came in. He put Kanye is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Kanye is wild with it. <laughs> I remember he was like, like he would move around a lot. Like he would just he had long arms. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Did Ross play? No, I don't know Ross. <laughs> oh, Rick Ross. Rick yeah. Ross. Oh, I never got to see. I never. I wasn't that deep in the basketball games yeah <laughs> i came in for a few days come out come in but i remember one time being up having breakfast with him before we played mm-hmm. but i don't remember him that's dope playing. but that would have been great just seeing him like who's oh gonna God. guard him yeah I, uh, yeah 
Not anybody small. No. Yeah. <laughs> My Beautiful um, Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, did you shoot it any differently because it was such a different vibe? This is after the Taylor situation. This is after, like, obviously this is his fourth album at that point. I think the vibe was just different. I just shot. I'm, 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 my goal in any time I was shooting those things was just to be a fly on the wall. Same with when you went on tour? Completely. Yeah. You know, I'd pull him aside for some pictures. Like, you saw the glow in the dark book. Yep. Mm. And, you know, we would do, like, yo, let's take a picture here. It was cool. <laughs> or whatever. But, no. Just always just my goal is to be more a fly on the wall than, like, let's pose. And what, were, what would you do any given night on, you know, one of those stadium tours? Run around a lot. My God. <laughs> I'd be running around so much. Did you to have? back. Like, I wasn't chilling. Like a backpack on you? You know what? I had a, a really sore neck a lot because I'd always have one here with a long lens, mm -hmm. and then sometimes I'd have my other one with the small lens. And, you know, I'd be running up to the nosebleed for, like, a certain song. I'd be coming down here for this. I would just try to get as many different things ever, but then I would also wanted to capture as much of the environment. Like, the, you know, when we're in China and there's, like, 100 guys standing perfectly straight, not looking, not moving, you know, trying to get that shot, trying to fuck with them a little bit. <laughs> Um, you know, just trying to really capture. So, you know, a stadium's a stadium, but what's around it and the environment is what people don't see and see how people get to go. You know, one day you're in Brighton, next minute you're in France, Paris, and next minute you're in Copenhagen or wherever. And it's like, it's a, it's a interesting and blessed experience. So I wanted to try to show, and I always still try to show that, like mm -hmm. elements of what touring is really like. Yeah. Um, on the bus or backstage. So you know you're you're living this like crazy. And Kanye, sorry, and Kanye, this guy, he's not just a guy who would ever just sit back, and he would be. I remember he'd be in Rihanna's dressing room. He'd be with the stage designer. He'd be everything, every detail. He was so con controlled and you know collaborative on, which is like you know it was a great experience great to see that because that kind of inspired me to how i work with people and you know you're living this very like crazy rock star life where you're you're flying all around with kanye and uh, the rest of um good music at that point at what point do you go to uganda and what um, was the thinking behind that it was actually before that i went to uh the congo mm. uh, i had met a woman named claire oxley who worked for oxfam mm -hmm. and she was doing advocation kind of like ambassador to working with musicians to try to help the world uh, help spread the word and i remember one time i met her in la they're like yeah you should meet claire she, you know i met her and she's like yeah well, if, you know if you're in africa hit me up <laughs> I, you know i said i'd love to come shoot some stuff and you know i think it's one of those things that in passing it sounds like yeah and she's probably thinking like yeah okay sure i'm sure you'll happen it'll happen and then i happened to go right after that to uh south africa with the Black Eyed Peas. I had left tour with Kanye for a little bit to go do this. It was, I think, during the Glow in the Dark tour. And I had gone to South Africa for a little bit with them and to shoot something. And while I was there, at the end of it, I remember, you know, I, that was the first time I ever got to go to Africa and, you know, got to meet Nelson Mandela and all these amazing experiences. And then go from there and I was like on my way back and I, and I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna hit her up and I hit her up she's like well great 
we can get you a flight to Rwanda and you can, we can drive you over to the Congo. There's a civil war that's been going on and it's kind of erupting and we can get you in and show you around and you can take photos. <laughs> and that happened. Well, and it was like crazy, amazing, life-changing experience that I remember being in Brighton. That's funny that I said Brighton because I remember it was like I remember coming with all these printouts of the shots that I had shot in the Congo and I was backstage looking at them. I remember everybody going... <laughs> And I was just like, you know, trying to, because I was putting together a little photo exhibit at the UN that I was doing that. Yeah. Well, what kind of story are you are you looking to tell? I did, had no clue. It was just show what's going on and bring awareness to the situation. Mm. And it was a just mind-boggling situation. So um, when when you're in the middle of that and you're shooting... And obviously, this, nothing is set up. This is just natural light. How do you balance the idea that this is like real life and the fact that you are on some level, you know, coming to it with an artistic eye for what's going on? Yeah, I use it in the way I would capture the people, but my goal, I think, was less to use my positioning and knowing how to capture people and really try to, to interact with them so that I'm not setting something up and I you know I want to you know you don't want to manipulate this or you want to show it in it as it is but you also want you don't want to yeah I don't know it's like yeah. a delicate balance because you know in a lot of these images I'm not just trying to show these images for no reason right and put them on a wall right but I really wanted people to see them. Um, what was the language barrier like? They didn't understand anything I said, but you don't have to speak with words. You can speak with intent and they know, you know. So it was just kind of like opening yourself up to them. And I mean, you're literally talking about like IDP camps and, you know, there's a photo of that I took that, you know, there's a lot of photos that have stories, but like, you know, you have a technical, which is a, a car that has a submachine gun on the back of it. And there's 10 Congolese with their big glasses and they're looking at you and I, I can show you the photo. It's like, I remember taking that photo and then the, 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 the ride stopping and the guy getting off and coming over to me. And when you see this photo, you'll, you'll know what I mean. He's looking at me and he comes over and he goes, taps my camera. I'm like, I thought he wanted my camera. He's like, he knew that it was like a digital camera. He's like, so I showed him, I showed him the phone. He's like, and he just smiled and goes, ah. <laughs> and he, po <laughs> he posed for a couple shots, got back on his thing, and was probably on his way out Holy to shit. out to the. Yeah. So so how does that color everything going forward? Just perspective. Everything's perspective. I think life is like these are the things that kind of shape your, you know, shape the way I can write a treatment for a music video or how I interact with people. You you showed those photos at the UN. I did. I did a thing, and John Legend actually donated the money for all the framing and came and spoke. And I remember it was like wow, because he really cares. He's a humanitarian in his own right, and he came through, and it was like a little event where you know it was just me just trying to say this is my experience and got a little bit of press out of it but mm. got some interesting images and 
did that open up any new opportunities through the UN or any other groups that were looking to yeah, show? Yeah, I had been working, and then I did some more stuff with Oxfam and then MSF, which is Doctors Without Borders. Talk about what it was like to, to even get in touch with Nelson Mandela's people. No, actually, uh, that happened through Kwaku, who you met. Oh, nice. Who's his grandson. Oh, wow. Oh. So he, uh, I went to the World Cup and... Down there. Down there? Yeah. Down there, yeah, yeah. So I went there with my friend Kanan, who's a musician, right? Yes. Rapper too, and he was he had the World Cup anthem at the time, um, and went with him, and he introduced me him and this guy Saul Guy, who was his manager at the time, introduced me to Kwaku, and we became friends, and he's like, you know, invited me, Kanan, and Saul to spend an evening chilling with Nelson Mandela. <laughs> what was that like? Just amazing, just sitting there listening and. Did you bring your Vuvuzela? <laughs> we, de- we definitely, it's, uh, I, that was the year of the Vuvuzela. Yeah. It was crazy. I, had, I brought a couple back with me. But now nah, I, I, I refrain from a 90-something-year-old Nelson Mandela <laughs> rocking the Vuvuzela. I think he's heard enough Vuvuzelas in his day. But yeah, no, it was, a, it was a special experience just sitting there and speaking with and being able to say and talk and take take a couple photos. It was just a chill intimate experience um what was your time around watch the throne like pretty awesome yeah yeah what yeah. kind of relationship did you have with jay-z at the time kind of like that's kanye's guy mm-hmm. like he knew and he let me do it he uh, i don't know if he's still i don't know it's interesting like i've i've seen him a couple times he says what's up i don't think he knows i'm a photographer or i was that guy mm-hmm. but then we've talked about videos a couple times but mm-hmm. don't know hmm cool guy yeah yeah very like just so professional and man that guy just knows people i think i think he knows how to navigate any situation you could tell that's a guy who could navigate any situation were you there for the new york recordings were you there for like the paris recordings or they went down to australia actually and recorded. i didn't go to australia no, no. are you not allowed back <laughs> funny you say that i'm allowed back but i don't i've never renewed my passport so technically you're not allowed to come back in unless you have a valid australian passport as a citizen is that right yeah and you don't even have a valid australian accent so (laughs) all right (laughs) yeah give me a few 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 glasses of wine and yeah or if i'm around australian i'm fucked you'll just be like where are you from like Jersey Shore, because I have like this half Australian, half American. You're like, yo, what is wrong with you, bro? <laughs> I'm like Pauly D. <laughs> Which recording sessions did you go to? I don't really remember. Okay. Right. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember doing the whole tour. Mm-hmm. Like, I have every tour, most like up to Pablo. Like, I have crazy shots. It's just one day we'll do something. That's awesome. Yeah. Would you run around like you would when you were a little younger still? I did. Oh, yeah, I was in the mosh pits. I have crazy photos, just like ragers, like people. Ra- it was such a brilliant idea he did with that one. Mm-hmm. And to be there, yeah. it was like the energy of the people. And then every now and then, you'd have one night, there's like Khaled in there going wild or <laughs> someone else. And just seeing this, like what an – I think unless you're there, you couldn't really experience what a – did you go to any of the Pablo ones? Not the Pablo ones, no. They that, wouldn't let us in because Eric didn't have an Australian accent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't either. I just wouldn't let him in anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what, what would you say your favorite tour is? 
Well, I'm all about nostalgia. So like Glow in the Dark was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was a- It was exceptional. It was exceptional. They were all exceptional. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'd say Watch the Throne was fun. You know, there was a play between, you know, there's two different vibes coming together. You have the yeah. Jay-Z and Kanye coming together. And it's just like, wow. And just the back and forth and like the stage here, the stage there. I did, these, I did these really cool like 3D photos that can be animated. I got to do something with those too. Uh, yeah. I'm glad that you remember that. There's <laughs> a lot of things I got to do with these. Do you photos. do like gallery shows at all? I did my first gallery show ever like three weeks ago here in LA. Really? A lot of, yeah, called 96 Degrees in the Shade, which hopefully I'll do in New York too. Please. Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. You want to do it at our apartment, like go <laughs> for it. <laughs> I, think that's a, I think that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's really cool you know just sort of aesthetically is that no show is like another one like no tour is like another one so the watch the throne thing when they have the two giant cubes is way different than a floating stage it's way different than a mountain on the and you see how a lot of artists are using these like he upped the whole game he upped everyone's game Mm -hmm. now you're seeing these tours and they're like arena shows like they're not just a guy on stage it's like a whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. So when it came time to do the Mercy shoot, um, there was not a lot of lead time for that, right? Not at all. <laughs> you Did you have any type of idea going into it? No, it was. I got off the plane and three hours later I was shooting. Literally. Showed so, up in Qatar, <laughs> went to the place where they're shooting the Cruel Summer thing. and It was a yo- parking lot or a parking garage? It or was literally the parking lot underneath the place that they were shooting. Oh, so it was an act. I thought it was just a green screen. No, man. <laughs> that that was math. That like that was my fifth to eighth year twelve algebra and geometry right there. <laughs> Tape on the ground, running around. It was hectic and like a little time lapse head that goes back and forth like mm-hmm. this, and like running over and putting a piece of tape on the ground, saying, "When you do this, try to hit this and imagine yourself coming out." It was all like. That's how, crazy. That was like that was the freestyle rapping of music videos. Right how there. long a shoot was that? Probably two hours. Two hours? Maybe three. How long did it take you to edit? A few weeks. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't do it right. The what math was off. Just like it should have been done with a plate shot and then green screens behind them. So if you did it Jeff's way, you would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. If I, <laughs> if I had have shot the background on a plate and then shot everyone it would have been way easier but it wouldn't have been the same right right i think that it came because they played with the camera you see where the camera was coming and they would work with the camera and then it's just the energy was different and it, it worked out in the end yeah. but mm-hmm. it was like <laughs> <laughs> it was it was i remember because we did it the post in new york and it was you know <laughs> It went through a couple different post teams that just, and I really wore people to the ground on oh that one. God. And we were working, and I was editing and working when they were uh, recording, I think the Cruel Summer mm-hmm. thing. So we were at Su- Swiss Beat Studio, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, Jungle, Jungle City. City, yeah. So I was in a room and there was a young Travis Scott here. There was a Mike Will in a room over here. There was all these, it was crazy, like all these people mm. that Kanye had kind of curated to work on that, and we were all just, that's where I met Travis for the first time, and we became bros. Crazy. It was like this young kid, just so much energy. Yeah. As I'm editing this video. Man. When you did John Legend and Chrissy Teigen for right. All of Me. Yeah. It's a very intimate music video. Yeah. It feels like you're the only one there. 
how many people were in that room with you? There was a crew, but we sh- it was a stripped down crew because we shot it in Lake Como during the wedding, like the day, two days or a day, two days before the wedding or the day before the wedding maybe. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it was, I was so happy to hear that they wanted to do it, you know, because I had kind of introduced them through the stereo video that we had done. That's where they met. Right. And it was just one of those kind of crazy full circle things. Did they pay you to, to do this video or was that Columbia? <laughs> Or oh, was no. that your wedding gift? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it was a combo between Colombia and a wedding gift. Okay. <laughs> Did you have a good time out there in Italy for that? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm in Lake Como shooting a video and going to one of my good friend's weddings. It's pretty Yeah, amazing. special. Just one? <laughs> Chrissy, not a good friend? <laughs> going to my good friend's uh, <laughs> weddings. <laughs> friends. Uh, yeah, um, but they're like family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Around that time, we understood that you were looking to get into directing feature films. And there were projects that we had heard about through some mutual friends, like maybe would star Miguel. Um, Yeah. That never happened. Creative went a different direction than what I was doing. Did you have a lot of ideas that you were trying to develop? Yeah, I still do. And how is that process in this town? Uh, depends what you want to make, I think. <laughs> As I'm here right now, about to do a conference call, I'm working on my first feature, which I've been working on for four years, called Gully, four years, yeah. That's and that's time. not even, I think, long, and people work on things for 10 years before they shoot it, and then you never know. Gully is something that you've written? No, it's a guy, Marcus Gillery, um, but I had read it when I was at the Bowery in New York. A guy handed it to me, and... Somehow the next day I was hung over in bed and I just read it and I was like, wow, I got to make this. And four years later, here you are. Here I am. So it's a long process. In two weeks, I hope by the time this comes out, I don't know when this comes out, but. Might come out on Monday. Monday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. wish me luck, all <laughs> y'all. But I'm very proud of it and I'm excited to make it. You know, you've met so many interesting people mm. throughout your short life. <laughs> Who would you say is the most interesting person that you've met? My nieces, <laughs> they're so interesting. <laughs> they're just so raw. Um, there's so many interesting people out there. I can't even begin to imagine how, like so many interesting people. And especially when you work with artists too, whose, whose work you respect, it's crazy, you know? It's like, I've been I've been given the chance to take people's music that I like and then be given the task of creating a visual to hopefully not take away from it and hopefully either complement or elevate in some way visually. So you come across a lot of everyone I work with I'm a fan of. Mm-hmm. Like when I work with people I work with it because I love the music and I vibe to it. And How much does music play a part of everything? Even when you're not shooting a person who is a musician? I mean, music is everything, I think, to me. It's a vibe. Mm-hmm. So it inspires me in everything. Bro. How, how long into your career did it take for your parents to fully understand your success? They still don't. Un- they still don't. No, they're very proud. It's crazy to see my, my dad now commenting sometimes on my Instagram exactly. or Facebook. It's like, oh. Does he say hashtag like real film or something? Yeah. I, I'm just like hashtag dad, come on. <laughs> 
Really? He says, hashtag 35 millimeter. Yeah. Now he doesn't even know what that is. <laughs> oh, he might. He probably does. But he's, you know, he, they're both proud of me. You know, there was some rough years where I'm going to all these crazy places and I'm not, I don't really talk too much about where I just do it. So they're like, yo. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Well, do you tell your father you can't make it down to Australia because your passport l- lapsed? Yeah, he actually found out when I asked him for my birth certificate, and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> he eventually got it, but it was like, I can't visit you. <laughs> now that you're doing feature films, does that make you want to be even more picky when it comes to your choices for music videos? Yes. Yeah, well, I just maybe have more of a, like, if I'm going to do something, it's going to be a little more narrative-driven or just simplified. Even my whole, I think, taste in what I want to create, not that my film is, to be honest, but simple things, taking a simple idea and building out from that. Do you still like the art of a music video? I love it. I will always do them. Heck, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And photography? Yeah, both of them. That's just me. When you go on vacation, do you take your camera with you or are you just there on your like... I try to enjoy it as much as I can. I don't really take too many photos when I'm traveling unless I'm traveling for a reason to take photos, but not so much anymore. Right. I just try to experience it at the moment. And what do you think about Instagram as a a sort of flattening of... Yeah, there's a democracy to it. It's... That's a lot of people who are very talented be seen, and then it also it lets us be seen. <laughs> yeah, and it also lets you guys be seen. <laughs> should, well, you, should you be? <laughs> well, Nabil, congratulations on everything. Thank you. And uh, congratulations in advance on your feature film. Thank you. And uh, and we're really just you know thrilled to see the last. 13, 14, 15 years that you've been doing this. And, uh, oh, I've, coming up. thank you. I've only just started. That's what's up. Keep it rocking. Yeah. Uh, See you at our apartment when we do the gallery show. <laughs> Sponsored by Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. 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 I see. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Jeff, if people want to find out more about us, we are It's The Real. If people want to find out more about this podcast, it's called A Waste of Time with It's The Real. And if people want to find out more about our book called Rhyme Book, which is available on Amazon.com, or our upcoming performances, including The Roots Picnic on June 2nd out there in Philly, where can they go? You can always go to itsthereal.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L, no apostrophes, no spaces, just like when you you spell our name anywhere else no apostrophes no spaces it's the real you can also find all of our old episodes on soundcloud.com slash a waste of time or search on itunes for a waste of time with it's the real you can also find our music on soundcloud.com slash it's the real or go to any streaming service including spotify google play apple music title it is there it is everywhere you can always find all of our music on youtube as well if you're looking for us on social media we are on twitter at it's the real facebook at it's the real instagram at it's the real we are also on snapchat at it's it's the real and on twitch at it's the real it's the real jeff you know this podcast is not going anywhere and that hurts our feelings but if people out there want to keep growing this podcast and keep it on the upward swing what can they do they can tell a friend and that friend can tell another friend and that friend can tell yet another friend and we know it starts with us 
Who, Jeff, would you like to tell? I want to tell the guys behind Bodega Box Office, which is a podcast where they watch rapper-involved movies right. and then talk about it. So I want to shout out Anthony and Ryan over there. We watched Paper Soldiers with them for the first time, had never seen it before. Great movie, but even better conversation. Looking forward to that podcast coming out. Again, that's Bodega Box Office, the podcast. Jeff, I want to shout out Symphony, who we ran into on the subway heading down to record that podcast. Symphony came up to us and she was like, you guys are It's The Real. And we're like, hey, yeah. And she was like, I work at Jean Georges over here in Columbus Circle. And I love your podcast. You guys are very nice. And she said we should be on the lookout for her because she's got some cool stuff coming up. Shout out to Symphony. We are going to be watching. Again, guys, Rhyme Book is available at amazon.com for pre-order go get that right now as always not for real for real sure sure see you guys next week right.